Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com You excited? I'm excited, yeah. I'm sorry I can't go. It's okay. I want to be there for her, to be a strength for her. You know, there's just this healing element from a parent's love. And I know this, and I want Isabel to get this from me. You understand, right? Yeah, I get it. It's okay. You sure? Uh-huh. Right. Okay. You're not going to become a bitter old housewife? No. Because your daddy not. didn't do this for you? No. You do understand? I do. I do. I get All right. it. I'll miss you, though. I'll miss you. I need him to be there, but then why isn't he coming? I don't know. Why wouldn't he be there? Why wouldn't he just drop everything for me? I think his priorities are a little screwed up. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Sister Wives Edition. Oh boy, if you guys were not a member of the Cody Brown Hate Club, I bet you are now because, wow, what a dickhead. Let's get into it, shall we? Um, so the episode starts with, surprisingly, every, you know this is going to be a, a, a strange episode if it starts off with people actually going to Mary's house. So... Janelle comes, she brings a family easel that it's like, just, I don't know if objects can reach landmark status, but if there was ever a Sister Wives museum, the easel would definitely be one of the the pieces that we really, you flock to, really. It, it's been there in the bad times, and the bad times. Honestly, they might want to, like, look into see if maybe it's cursed. Is, is Teresa, what's her face, still on TLC? The Long Island Medium. Can she see if maybe that easel's cursed? Because every time that thing gets pulled out, something bad happens. And really poor decisions are made. And maybe 
I might be, I think I might be onto something, you guys. Anyway, they're going to Mary's to discuss the lots and how to divide up the property. Something that they did last week, but I guess now we're going to do it again and act like this is a new idea. Anyway, Christine is in full-on fake-it-till-you-make-it mode. She is there. She's present. She's ready. And says she's really ready to move forward on Coyote Pass with her mouth and her mind, even though her heart is not in it. She doesn't want to live on Coyote Pass, and she thinks that everybody should just sell the lots and move on back to Utah. No big deal. Um, Mary... She's really doing some interesting things with her wardrobe this season, isn't she? I mean, she's really been doing that every season. I've famously said that if you look at them and doing group interviews, it's as though they all were just like, let's go to DSW and let's get, you can only buy the sale shoes with the purple sticker, which is like a deep, deep discount. That's, those are the ones to get. And they're always off season, always, Robin keeps the strappy sandal industry on a lock truly it, it's it's so interesting the strappy casual sandal it's wild to me um but anyway i could really honestly i could probably do like a whole three-part series on the fashion of the sister wives but you guys don't want that i know you don't like i want to do it but i know you don't want to do it <laughs> and, and that's the only thing that's keeping me from doing it anyway um so She's just like, I, I, she, I don't want to do this. Seeing Christine this season is truly a trip. I don't remember ever seeing this version of Christine. Christine really, like coming from, I, as a child of divorce, Christine is acting like a divorced woman at this point. She is just acting independently. It's like Cody's there, but not really. And like he has always been in that way, but... It's like for real now. She is a woman who has given up. And I'm not sure if everybody's really picking it. We get like little hints of the other wives kind of being like, hmm, something seems very strange. Like Janelle mentions it a couple times this episode. Uh, Robin will mention how like <clears throat> she really only talks about it through how stressed Cody is and how this affects him. You know, you guys see why she's the number one wife. Um and Mary has mentioned it, but nobody's really mentioning it at all, except for Christine, this episode. Wow, wow, wee wah. So anyway, um, Mary's wearing a dogs are greater than shirt. Dogs are greater than people shirt. That's where I was going with the DSW rant. <laughs> I, I'm just very curious about her, her fashion choices. Um, did LuLaRoe get into like the message t-shirt industry? Because I noticed in the trailer a lot of them were wearing like yes queen t-shirts and i don't know maybe maybe word message fashion is just moving into flagstaff who's to say i'm not gonna find out anyway um robin says that there are a lot of weird things happening with their family culture and it's frightening and she's scared and she's stressed and she just hopes that they can get this all figured out because you know she is as damn it i hope we can get this damn thing figured out Okay, no crying. You guys, the Robin cry counter. Unfortunately, I have nothing to report on this episode. Shockingly, we went down this whole episode with not one single tear out of Robin. Shocking. Anyway, Cody's bitch ass starts jibber jabbering about how Janelle and Christine kind of wanted to live in the same general area and Mary wanted to live near Robin and how this is a goat rodeo of extreme proportions, in his words, like whatever the fuck that means. 
On top of the wives getting their own houses on the land, we learn that whatever land they get is going to be the inheritance for whichever children they have biologically. Robin and Janelle say things that are quite at odds with one another. And I'm just loving Janelle suddenly, subtly letting us know that neither she nor her children fuck with Robin. I'm loving this. Um, So Robin says that it's actually a great thing. It's more of a cut and dry black and white way to go about things with regard to like, should anything happen in the event of a death, of course. Um, But Janelle says that in the beginning of the family, the Brown family, they really thought of everything as community property. So regardless of what might not, what might happen down the road, Every kid is equal. There's no separation between your kids and mine. But over the past few years, interestingly enough, things have changed. And we're not viewing things as common property anymore. But, you know, they've realized there have been a lot of conversations about what should happen because they're not legally bound to each other technically. And she feels like it's a shift. Like, there's none of this blind trust that we have in the family, and she's not sure how to feel about that. You want to know how many years I think um, we've been having these conversations about uh, how to divide things amongst the biological children? Probably about as many years as uh, Robin's book has been out. That would be my guess. I don't know. Just spitballing here. But uh Yeah. High key, my guess would be that those things were implemented right when uh, somebody got bestseller status. That would be my guess. Anyway, um, so then they start talking about dividing up their plots. And Janelle's really adamant that she wants lot four because there are no trees. She wants to have that greenhouse. The greenhouse can't have trees around it because it creates shade. It's not going to work. Right. And then she starts to wistfully talk about how she's like. Um, on some American Horror Story, like, coven shit, and how she's ready to transition into, like, her Nikki, or her um, Stevie Nicks phase, where long prairie skirts with tie-dye on them, and just grow her hair out to a natural color, and um, she even calls herself witchy. Ooh. Witchy woman. Can you imagine? I want Janelle to start smoking weed. You know, Janelle, I have like a third eye for people who I think should be pot smokers, but aren't. And Janelle is top of the list on that for me. Top, top, top of that list. Anyway, um, Janelle says that everyone tends to roll their eyes when she talks about her future plans. Mary's all for it because she's getting something out of it. She says, if you can create like a sustainable situation in which I get food, Take the plot, take the lot, girl. I'm here for it. And you know what? That's about the smartest thing that Mary said in the entirety of this whole series. So once Janelle has established where she wants to go, it becomes a standoff immediately with the other three wives. None of them wants to talk about what they want. And then they basically is like, yeah, we we don't trust each other. (laughs) They don't even trust each other enough to state their opinion. Let that sink in. So finally, Robin starts. But then again, reason number 75, why Robin irritates the fuck out of me is that instead of saying, we all know she wants lot five. We all know this. Why do we know this? Because that's where um, her husband put him, put her. 
We know that she got first dibs and this is what she wants. But instead of just saying, yeah, I do want this lot. She says, well, you know, I really didn't want anything with trees. And, you know, I just, well, you know, mm, well, I didn't want that one. And, you know, I'd also, uh, you know, mm, you know, just say like, I don't just, instead of saying what she does want, she says what she doesn't want. And it's really fucking annoying. Like, just say it, just say it. We all know, just say it. Why aren't we just confirming this information? Um, then she goes, Christine goes from like not wanting to say anything to mentioning it all. Really? She really went full throttle. It's like, well, I don't want to live next to Mary. I don't want to have a small lot and I don't want to live next to Mary and I don't want the small lot next to Mary. Mary says, well, I was trying to find a nicer way to say that. And Christine says, well, I wasn't. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Why did we not unpack that? Why do we not unpack why she was just so bluntly like, I don't want to live next to her. The only thing that we get in response to that is Mary in an interview saying, kind of light and bright, like she's been doing this whole season. You know, I've known Christine for a lot of years and I know that she doesn't want to live close to me. And then Cody says, like kind of rolls his eyes and like, you know, the lots are plenty big enough. You don't have to live that close to Mary and Christine. And then Christine takes it further to her relationship with Cody and talks about how she always wanted her house to be on the hill, which would be where Janelle wants to put her home. Um, and that Cody has known this the entire time. She's made it very clear that she wanted to live there. And she's really disappointed that instead of pre- taking precedence on where she wants to put her home, he's prioritizing Janelle's greenhouse. <laughs> and now she feels less important than a, one of Janelle's hobbies. And I get that. And this is a moment where I, I, like I said earlier, it's like the wives are pointing to them knowing that something's going on, but they're not really saying it because Janelle says in a confessional that she's willing to give up that lot because it's really not worth any sort of emotional trauma that she thinks might be happening because of somebody missing out on that lot. So then they're officially trying to confirm who wants what lot. Like I said, They already did this last episode. So they're just basically having this big ass meeting to say again, this is the one that I want. Mary makes just a light joke about, oh, no, I actually want lot four and a half instead of lot two. And she starts to laugh. And then the camera cuts to Cody and he's just like seething. (laughs) And in a confessional, he's like, well, I don't think this is funny. Calm down. (laughs) So then now I guess Mary's put him in a bad mood because they're like, okay, so Cody, you want lot one, right? And he's like, well, (laughs) it's like last choice, but I'll take it. You're the one who surprised them all by saying that you were going to take this lot. So he goes into total victim mode and he's like, you know, everybody else, their lots are like an asset, but I'm stuck with this because, you know, if they want out, they can sell it immediately. But because the whole family wants access to this pond, like I'm required to keep this lot of land. No, you're not. (laughs) You're literally not. If you want to sell it, you can sell it. That's not like a legally binding thing is I want to have access to the pond. 
You're not any more stuck than anybody else. What are you talking about? What? He, like, has the time to find ways to make himself, like, be, like, martyr himself. And I just feel like maybe you could, I don't know, raise your children? I don't know. Check in with them? And I have no problem saying that, given what we heard at the end of the episode. Okay? So it might sound harsh, but you guys saw what I saw. And I'll be getting in that ass later. Like, this idiot literally was like, I need to have my own land, and now is acting like they're forcing him. Like, there's a gun to his head. I I, mm. (laughs) I hate him. I hate him. So, they're like, okay, finally everything's confirmed. We don't know why you're pouting, Cody, but okay, great. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the fact that we're finally confirming that these are the lots that we want. Christine's like, yes. Yes, queen. Yes, queen t-shirt. Um, let's huddle up here, guys. Socially distance. Do a little prayer. Then they do in a prayer. Um, Robin says in a confessional that she's feeling really excited because she's picking up on people using their words. Like Christine saying, amazing and great. And Mary's baring her teeth at everybody. I mean, smiling. So she's thinking that this is really great. And Christine, that's a bubble being burst. She says in her interview straight up, I don't want to move on to the property. I want to move back to Utah. Cody and I are struggling more than ever. And the thought of living here on the property with everybody else and seeing him in full functioning marriages. Do I want that? No. The best I can give today is just to pretend. (laughs) Cody says in his interview that he basically feels like even though this seems like a good situation and we're all celebrating here and it seems like they've gotten everything figured out. He's worried that one of their wives might have their fingers crossed behind their back. And like, he's happy that they figured it out. But like, he just feels like there's always somebody that has cards that they want to hold on to. And that card is, I didn't get what I wanted. You don't love me as much as I'm supposed to be loved. You're not doing this. Our children or our problem children are your fault. (laughs) Then he goes, first of all, it's heartbreaking and it's psychically... I think he meant psychologically, but he said psychically, psychically, psychically damaging for me as a husband and as somebody who just wants our family to be happy. So what I'm hearing is that you're saying that you're constantly worried that your wife might blame you for something and how psychologically damaging that is to you. Why don't you just take responsibility for something? Do you ever think that maybe they might blame you because you did something? Why is this not crossing? What's not clicking? What's not clicking? (laughs) This is incredible. Like, even for a man, this is wild. So after that meeting on Coyote Pass, Christine invites everybody to a socially distanced meeting at her house. She told everybody, she lied to them and told them that they were going to have a conversation about the lots And in a confessional, Robin's like, well, I don't think this is an appropriate conversation to have with the children because they're going to have opinions. (laughs) That was literally her only excuse. Um, So anyway, that's not why she invited them over there. She has set up a picnic table. And on top of that picnic table is her very nice, large television (laughs) covered in in a grandma blanket. I could not believe that she did all of this. But anyway, she uh, throws that blanket on like a move that bus kind of situation to reveal that it's 
McKelty and Tony. Um, so, like, honestly, I could have used a trigger warning for that, and I just have two quick questions, if you don't mind indulging me. Um, one, did you think that they know that they look like that? And two, do you think that they want to look like that? <laughs> Like, I get that, you know, we all slipped on our beauty regimens. I, you know, I I totally understand that. But, like, what's happening? The COVID didn't take away our brushes. And it didn't take away our shampoo. It didn't take away dry shampoo. So I just, I'm wondering what's happening here. You know? It also didn't take away, like, um, nice and easy, if some of us needed a touch-up on our dye job, McKelty, that maybe we could have... Okay, but she's pregnant. Okay, I'll give her that. I'm going to take that one away. I'm going to take that one away. But Cody, I mean, Tony, Tony, Cody number two, Tony, um, you know that commercial for the... Some kind of laundry detergent where this these two people go on a date and the guy's sitting there and she sits down and he takes his jacket off and he's got that like ring on his shirt that's like you know it's like all stretched out and it's like hanging down you could see his chest like why why i just know that their place smells like old macaroni i know it does and like old hand like old hamburger helper that should have gone into the refrigerator refrigerator but it was sitting out overnight and you, I know you guys know what that smells like. Even if it's never happened to you, you can, you know, you can sense what it is. And then you see it, right? Like the, like what kind of Mac hamburger helper? Like just a basic one. Oh, you know which one it is? The one, the like hash browns one? It's that one. It's ha- like the cheesy hash browns one. Okay. Anyway, let me move on. Mazel, they're, they're expecting a baby. <laughs> You guys let me just body shame them this whole time. That was y'all's fault. They're they're announcing that they're having a baby. I forgot. <laughs> I'm going straight to hell. <laughs> How is it that even as of last week, I've been asking for a year why we haven't understood why we haven't gotten the announcement for McKelty. And and I forgot. I forgot. It happened and I completely forgot. <laughs> oh, help me. The wives go into a pretty interesting conversation about grandchildren and how they view them, even though they're not biological. Now, I had this conversation with Liz. Actually, shout out to Liz Bentley, host of Feathers in My Hair. But last week, I had the privilege of coming on her Patreon. Um, it's patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Uh, we were talking about sister wives, actually. It's a perfect time to mention this. However, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about... Uh, the relationship between Christine and uh, uh, what is her name? Madison's kid, who is Madison's children's Madison being Janelle's daughter, but how Christine has like a mother daughter, like relationship with Madison and how when Madison was having her kids, Christine was right there. Like she was the grandma biologically. So Christine is saying in this scene that, She's viewing this, even though Madison has had the first two kids and that's not her kid, that she's viewing this like a third grandchild. She's just as excited from McKelty as she was with Madison. And then the other wives talk about how they view this. And Janelle basically says the same thing, that she's like, 
as excited for Madison or for McKelty as she is for her own kid, Madison. And uh, uh, Robin and Mary say interesting things. Robin says that she is just wants to be around the kids. She just wants to have a close relationship with the kids, which I always wondered. And now because of what Goofus said last week, I just feel like maybe a lot of those older kids didn't really like Robin. And I kind of think we knew that. I kind of remember, well, I do remember that when Robin announced that she was pregnant with the first kid, that a lot of the older kids' reactions were like, eh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, not really that thrilled for her. Really didn't have a lot of reaction. So I think her, maybe I'm just like diving too deep, but like her just felt like, I, I just want to get close to them because I don't have a relationship with Madison and her kids. And then Mary says that she, you know, doesn't really, she doesn't have a grandma name and that's kind of it. And I felt like, yeah, Madison and Mary don't get along either because wasn't there like Twitter beef with them about LuLaRoe? Like maybe two, three years ago, something happened with Madison and it went down on Twitter, but it was like a quick, dirty delete situation. I should have looked more into that. But yeah, that's probably why you don't have a grandma name. Because you're not a grandma to Madison's kids. But anyway, Mazel, Mazel. Robin wants to be called Bubby as her grandma name because it's Czechoslovakian. <sighs> you don't have to be special every time. Anyway, um, so later we hear some like pretty tragic, like sad... Spanish guitar playing. We see Coyote pass. Cody and Christine are meeting up. So Christine doesn't know why she's there. Cody's the one who called the meeting. But Cody says that he's hoping to be able to convince her that Coyote Pass is going to be better than anywhere they can live in Utah. So Christine says that she and Cody are struggling because they want different things in their relationship. And at that point, at this point, she doesn't even want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him either, girl. I feel you. Uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll continue. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So Cody starts off by saying to Christine that the last time they spoke about moving to Utah, he got really giddy. And in a confessional, Christine says that he was giddy. But then when it came up to the other wives at Coyote Pass, she kind of thought that they would be more of a team. But then we see a flashback of him 
turning to Christine and turning on Christine basically and being like, uh, did you think that everybody else wanted to move back to Utah? Like totally just leaving her, hanging her out to dry. And like, as if he had not encouraged her leading up to this conversation. And she's like, you could see in that flashback, you could see her heartbreaking and you could see that she had just completely betrayed her and it really pissed me off so Cody says you know maybe I was a little too harsh about that at Coyote Pass but I was trying to be stoic and I feel bad about it and he does say sorry I guess it's worth noting so Christine says thank you that was hard to hear but I encourage you guys to look back at the scene because when she says thank you it is the most robotic thing it is like clearly I'm saying this because This is what polite people do in situations. When somebody says sorry, you say thank you. But her face was, like, disgusted. Like, she does not like him. Like, she might hate Cody. (laughs) And I can't blame her. In a confessional, she goes, you know, it's really hard to hear. Like, what a stupid word he's using. Stoic? stoic bullshit he was an ass and then she rolls her eyes and she says stoic whatever you wish you were stoic (laughs) um why was cody why did cody have velcro on his sleeves why (laughs) just another question if anybody like truly if you have an answer for what what shirt requires a velcro sleeve like i felt those were just for like kids pajamas when you when the little boys have like a superman or like a superhero pajamas and then you can have a little velcro on the the tops of the sleeves um to attach like a little uh, like a towel or some kind of cape to it but why he's a grown man so riddle me that okay um anyway he says that he, like, Christine says, I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk to him. I don't trust a word that's coming out of his mouth right now. I don't believe that he's sorry. <laughs> and then he makes me want to Velcro him right to that tree because Christine says that she wants to know what the wife said. You came to all of them. You asked their opinion. So what did they say? What did they say? And he's like, well, I don't want to tell you. What do you mean? What do you mean? He says, I don't want to feel, I don't want you to feel like the other wives are against you if I tell you what they said. But like, no, she's not concerned about that at all. She's worried about the fact that you, you are the one who was against her. But then he kind of gives, he's like, keeps dropping hints. And he's like, you know, it was kind of a mixed reaction, but I don't want to say exactly what their answers were. And I just want you to figure out where you're at. <laughs> she did. What do you, so, <laughs> thank you. Finally, Christine asked the question that I was asking. Why did you go behind my ask and behind my back to ask them what they thought? Why? Like, what, what was the point of that? To torture her. I've been, I say this time and time again, like, I hate a breadcrumbing bitch. Don't drop things and information and then I have to ask you what the whole truth is and then you don't want to tell me. So then don't say anything at all. It's so annoying. <laughs> So in response to Cody saying that he just wants Christine to figure out where she's at, Christine says, I want to move to Utah. 
Is it on the table or not? <laughs> so why does she have to practice this radical honesty and you have to ask her what she feels, feels even though she has told you, she's made it very clear, and now she's got to tell you again, even though you already know. So in a confessional, Cody starts rolling his eyes and hemming and hawing and like... Oh, why doesn't she do she doesn't get it like it's not on the table and you know this is a woman who has not yet heard the word no but I want to be subtle about it but how do I do that if she's asking me if it's still on the table she thinks again (laughs) he's so stupid like what are you doing why don't you just fucking tell her just tell her Now you're frustrated that she's not just picking up these vibes that you're giving off of her, even though you fully have the answer in your hand and you're saying, I'm not going to tell you, but now you're frustrated with her for the fact that you didn't tell her and you want her to just figure it out. It's like, (laughs) it's like having, like throwing somebody out into the ocean And having the lifesaver and the life jacket and the thing in your hand and being like, why don't you just climb up the boat? (laughs) Even though I have all the keys, why don't you just do it yourself? And I don't understand why you're upset with me. (laughs) This man is diabolical. (laughs) So... Again, instead of taking the perfect opportunity to just be direct with Christine, Cody tells her to perhaps try and just find some reasons to stay here. Basically, just like, suck it up, Buttercup. Christine starts to say, we don't really have a community here. Like, we don't have roots here. But then she says, and she cannot look at Cody when she says this, there are other reasons why I want to move, but I just really don't want to get into it. Like, I don't want to talk about this on camera. And this little bleach blonde bitch says in a confessional that he's getting the sense that Christine isn't really happy and that he can't make her happy. And now, only now, you guys, is Cody starting to wonder, is something going on? (laughs) What are we even doing here? You've been in a marriage, like a full-on marriage, with this woman for two decades. She won't even look you in the eye. She doesn't want to talk to you. She didn't want to be here. And only now are things coming together that I think she might be upset. (laughs) Huh. Wow. Wow. So then again, instead of being direct, Cody starts to just talk about moving onto the property. And Christine's like, yeah, I'm not ready to move. I'm not ready to do that. In a confessional, she reiterates her point from earlier of like, why would I want to live on the same property if I have a dysfunctional marriage when right over there is a full functioning marriage? Who in their right mind would ever want to live like that? Um, I don't know. (laughs) I bet there's somebody... Somebody in lot number two could answer that question for you. (laughs) Or lot number three. Her name's Mary. I know you don't want to live next to her, but she could answer that question for you. I mean, and if you get the answer, let me know. Let all of America know because we want it to. So then again, you guys, shock of all shocks, Cody leaps right any over any personal responsibility, says... 
that he thinks maybe Christine just doesn't want to live next to her sister wives. Like maybe that's what this is all about. (laughs) Maybe she doesn't want to look me in the eye or have any sort of personal relationship with me because of the other people. (laughs) Oh my God. And then he says, um, you know, if she wasn't happy in Lehigh and if she wasn't happy in Vegas, then what am I supposed to do? Ask her. (laughs) That's all I start with that. I think the answers might surprise you. Um, Then Christine says that she figured finally, you know, I figured when we moved to the cul-de-sac in Vegas that my relationship with Cody, see, I have an issue with Cody, not the other wives. I mean, I do have issues with other wives because I just said I didn't want to live next to Mary. But anyway, my issue with my marriage is shockingly, with my husband. So, so weird how that works. Um, she thought that when they moved to the cul-de-sac, her relationship with Cody would get better, but it didn't. It didn't. So she says that if she and Cody were on the same page about what they wanted in their relationship, which would be a full marriage, that she could handle living there a lot easier. Now, I thought that was a very interesting tell because you're saying that you guys are not on the same page about wanting a full marriage, which to me means that Cody does not want to have a full marriage with you. And you do because just last week you were talking about how you guys barely hold hands and how that's not enough for you. So maybe I'm just projecting, maybe I'm thinking about this too deep, but that sounds to me like there was a conversation in which Cody was like, I don't really want to fuck you anymore. (laughs) Or like, I don't, you know, something he pulled back on something. And she doesn't like it. And now why are, why is he sitting here and wondering why she's not like being compliant basically? So weird. Honestly, like if mental gymnastics was an Olympic sport, (laughs) Simone Biles would have nothing on Cody Brown. Truly. Jesus, Jesus help us all. So then Cody asked Christine to expand on why she wants to move to Utah. And he's like, Then he says, like, right now you couldn't even have full access to your father. And I guess that's, like, retroactively because she mentions in earlier seasons that because the authorities found out that her family were polygamous and her dad had plural marriage that he, I I don't think she's had contact with him since she was a kid. Why Cody would bring this up as, like, well, what's the point? (laughs) Seems, like, really mean, right? Like, why would you even bring that up? Like, at this point, McKelty's living in Utah and is in Aspen, so there's two very great reasons as to why she would want to move there. Why you bring up, like, remember that guy that was your father that you haven't been able to speak to? You still can't do it, so, like, what's the point? Like, awful. He's awful. So then, Christine puts her head in her hands and is like, you know what? Shut it down. I'm not talking about my dad with you. I'm not even going to have this conversation with you because you're not safe. Okay. And Cody's response is, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) But Christine gets up and says, I'm not going to have this conversation with you. She walks to her car, drives away. In a confessional, Cody says, what did I say that was unsafe? let's roll out the CVS receipt of what you just said in the past five minutes that were unsafe. Okay. Um, making her come out to this land to convince her to move 
not being honest with her about what the sister wives said, even though you did this whole survey for what, I don't know. Um, telling her behind, like in private conversations that you actually want to move to Utah, but then in public conversations, acting like she is a complete dumb bitch and that he doesn't understand why she would possibly think that they could, that's even a possibility for them. Um, everything that you do with Isabel and everything that you're about to do moving forward in this episode of Christine, that would probably be why she doesn't feel safe with you. But again, just spitballing here. I don't know. I'm just looking with my eyes and listening with my ears. Christine says in an interview, he's not even my friend right now. Why would I want to talk to him about things close to my heart when he's not even somebody I would consider a friend? And Cody says that Christine walked away from the conversation when he thought they were just getting started. And then back to Christine, she says, it just feels like we're at a crossroads. And then she starts to cry, like really cry. Like I haven't seen her cry like that. And it was sad. It was sad because like, I don't want anybody to be that heartbroken over Cody, you know? All right, let's take another quick break before I really get in that ass about what he did to Isabel. Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. All right, so we get to the next day after that just horrific meeting at Coyote Pass between Christine and Cody. And Cody's doing an interview and says, the day before Christine walked away, he has a lot of questions. He's not going to ask her, but he's got a lot of questions apparently. But he's trying to compartmentalize right now because Isabel's about to leave for, she and Isabel are about to leave for Isabel's surgery. And he just like isn't trying to get into a heated conversation and, and like sully everything. Okay, fine. So Christine says that she's going to have a meeting with all the adults about her surgery, Isabel's surgery. And at this point, she's not worried about Cody. He can come over. They can have this conversation perfectly fine. She's not pressed. But as the wives start to arrive and Cody, Cody says in an interview that the family's sort of falling off the wagon in terms of getting together they have their social distance protocols, but because Christine and Isabel have been traveling so much, they basically haven't been in contact, like physical contact with Christine and Isabel or the other girls for a while. Janelle says something very pointed in her interview, which is that 
because they're socially distanced, she has tried to make a concerted effort in her mind not to make up stories about what might be going on with Cody and the family or what people might be thinking about her or saying behind her back. And she's suspicious that the other wives might not be as successful in that as she has been, Christine. Um, So Christine explains the surgery to the wives and Cody. And then she says that afterwards, because of the surgery, she might, Isabel might be like two to three inches taller. She's already 5'10". Obviously this would put her above six feet. And also, it would make her taller than Cody. (laughs) Now I'm seeing part of why Cody uh, has an issue is that Cody's 5'11", and it really eats him up that he's not six feet tall. I know that that's that's a lot of where this is stemming from. The picture was made so much more crystal clear to me. Ooh, y'all know. Y'all know about guys who are 5'11". They hate that they're not six feet tall <laughs> and you know how i know this for sure is that cody's really trying to be like huh i actually think that would be really fun if she got taller no isabel skirt immediately was like no i actually think he's just embarrassed at the idea of me getting taller or being taller than him because like i'm not taller than him now but i definitely would be if i grew two inches and i i don't think he likes that <laughs> even isabel roasted your ass boy See, this is how I know. I know this family too much. <laughs> I know too much. <laughs> um, so anyway, speaking of Isabel, something about Isabel I've noticed really triggers whatever maternal instinct I have within me. Because Robin asks Isabel, like, what are you going to be looking most forward to after your surgery? What's the thing you're most excited about? And this poor girl says that she's just excited to not have any pain. That she's excited to be able to drive and breathe and sleep without this sharp, intense pain in her back. She's been living with this shit for years now. And it really, it makes me want to punch Cody right in his face. Like, right through his face. Like, I want there to be a Kool-Aid man style hole right through his skull it really infuriates me and i get it i get why christine is so mad at him so uh, then we christine says that they're basically going to be gone for like two months they're not going to be seeing the family they're going to be in uh new jersey for about six weeks and they'll be you know having to socially distance for a couple weeks after that So interesting that Christine did not act as though, because she's taking all of her girls, including Truly, who is also a child, in this family, how Christine did not seem to have the same we-can't-live-without-him attitude towards her children being away from Cody for two whole months, and yet other wives in the family were acting like the possibility the act, even the possibility of Cody being gone from her children for two weeks was something that they could not do. It was an impossibility. Couldn't happen. So interesting. Hmm. Anyway, if the past 16 seasons were not proof positive that Cody is an absolute evil bitch monster, then he just cements it by saying that when COVID began, the family decided not to, de- or they decided to sequester 
But Christine started traveling extensively with the kids, making it harder for him to be able to see them. And then he goes on to say that he became antagonistic towards Christine's traveling and assumed that he that Christine was using Isabel having a surgery as an excuse to get a vacation. So all that said to me is that Cody just revealed that he does not have a real relationship with Isabel or probably any of his kids because we know that her struggle with scoliosis has been going on for years because it's been on the show. We've seen her go to these back surgeries or these treatments to try to like correct him and how even back then years ago, who was the one who was so adamant that she not get the surgery? You Cody you even though she begged even though she said she was in pain and then for the whole time since you said that you didn't want her to have the surgery she's been living in constant pain for years for years and you're telling me that because only now in 2020 has christine started traveling that she just made up her child being injured so she could go on a vacation to New Jersey? You sick bitch. You absolute sick bitch. Then Cody says that he's actually kind of changed his tune on this whole situation. He's actually happy that Isabel's going to get the surgery. Uh, you know, but it's going to be hard because it's a long time for her to be away, especially if she ends up being in a lot of pain after the surgery because he won't be there. Sir, she's been in pain for years and you weren't there for her. So I think she'll be okay when she finally gets the surgery that you've been saying, even as of two months ago, that she shouldn't be getting. I think she'll be just fine without you. And in fact, I think she'll be much better. Cody even then goes on to say that the issue with some of his kids is that he has a relationship with them through the moms, through the wives. So he just wishes that he had had a private, safe conversation with Isabel about what she needed instead of judging based on what he thought Christine needed. Do you need to have a private and safe conversation with her to do that? What do you mean? Like, away from Christine, her only parent, so you can make sure that she was telling the truth? Like, what are you talking about, you weirdo? And I really, like, wanted to round him house kick my television when he starts talking about some bullshit about how there's a healing element that comes from a parent's love, and he just wants to be there for Isabel's recovery for her benefit. <laughs> As if you're like a fucking shaman or something. Like, are you are you a Reiki healer? Are you a light healer? Oh, oh, a father's love? Okay. You told her that she should go to the surgery by herself. Where was that healing? Do you think that helped? Bet it didn't. Anyway. Um so then there's just like some horrific con situation conversation between Isabel and Cody. All the other wives are like, okay, girl, we heard about your surgery. Thank you. Air hug. Good luck. See you in a couple months. Air kisses. Um, so Cody's basically like having to force his child to say that she's okay with him not being there for her, even though she's not. All of us women know that smile when a man talks to us and we just want to like deescalate the situation and we have to be light and bright. It's literally a trauma response. 
Okay. Not to get too deep here, but like literally that's what we're doing. Um, so I just like, again, watching Isabel have to like smile and be like, no, it's okay. Like I get it. It's fine. You know, it's not a problem. And then him asking, you're not become going to become a bitter old housewife because your daddy didn't do this for you. Right. And she's like, uh, no. And then in a confessional, she tells the truth and starts crying and says, I need him to be there. Why wouldn't you be there? Why couldn't you just drop everything for me? I think his priorities are a little screwed up. Yeah. I. <laughs> Cody claims that the reason he can't go are two-pronged. One, Robin. Two, Robin. I mean, he says that he doesn't want to be exposed and he wants to be able to see the rest of the family, but it's Robin. <laughs> One excuse, Solomon. Two, Ariella. Those are the two prongs that he's talking about. So, you know, she keeps saying, you know, I, I get it. Like, I understand that he has a lot of other kids that he has to care for, but it just sucks. And then she's like, he's just such a brave man. Like, she's trying to understand why it is that he won't do this for her. She's like, he's so brave. He's so strong. I just don't understand how long he's going to let fear control him and stop his life. Now, you know, that gave me a little bit of side eye because I know a lot of, like, anti-vaxxers have been saying that. So, I don't want to... But, like, I'm with you, girl. Mostly. I'm mostly with you. I feel you. I feel you. And I'm on your side. So Isabel has to go back inside and be like, hey, dad, love you. Uh, bye. See you in two months. And then there's just a brief moment where Christine, who's inside the house with Isabel, who just walked in, asked her if she's okay. <laughs> and Isabel's like, yeah, I'm fine. So then Christine actually has some paperwork that Cody has to fill out before she goes into surgery. So Cody's out there in the front yard and he's like writing on his front thing of his truck, the front hood of his truck. And for like a second, Christine gets a little close to him to kind of look at what's on the paper. And he's like, uh, social distance, like so cold and just be like, you're not far away from me enough. Uh, this isn't social distance. And he kind of like, like flits her away. Like you would a mosquito. She's like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sick. Cody says in a confessional that it's because he, she's been traveling lately, but whatever. Pfft. So basically the episode ends with a lot of people talking. It starts with Robin saying in a confessional that ever since COVID hit, Cody's in a really bad place mentally and emotionally because he's having trouble getting the wives to agree with him on what to do as far as COVID and how to handle it. He says he's having one issue after another, having one issue after another with them because they're not working with him on things and they can't see him as much. And because I'm sticking to what it is that he wants to do as far as COVID, I'm seeing him the most. Okay, Robin. Because I'm compliant and I do whatever daddy says. He sleeps at my bed every night. And I'm just so stressed out about it because I'm the only one following the rules. And I'm the one having to deal with it. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so Christine says that she and Cody haven't been close for a while. <laughs> it's actually painful to be around him and to see him in functional marriages when they don't have one. Cody says that he and Christine 
are in a terribly awkward place and it's not the experience of soulmates or even people who love and respect each other and that this is an, is an experience of distance. Christine says she and Cody are not getting better. It's been bad for a long time. <laughs> she would love if Cody came for the surgery for Isabel's sake, but for her sake, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. She, actually, she thinks it might be good for them to have a month or two away from each other. <laughs> and then Cody says he starts fake crying about how he's heartbroken about this whole situation. But like, I don't give a fuck because he's not going to do a damn thing to fix it. Okay. We we saw that divorce announcement when he said that Christine made the choice to leave the family. So there we have it. So keep shedding those fake tears, you bitch. I don't believe a one of them. Okay? And that's it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I'll be back next week. More. Okay, I'm excited to see this face-off between Marion and Janelle. Oh, can't wait. All right. Love you guys. Bye.